This is the 8 p.m. at the minute podcast, episode 172. Peter Mitchell here with Jackson Stover. And on today's show, we're talking the latest. We got a bunch of NFL news at the top, and then we're going to fire it away right into our wide receiver tiers and targets for 2022 fantasy drafts. Jackson, let's go. All right, Peter. So where are we starting with the NFL news? Are we starting with the Miami Dolphins or are we starting with Deshaun Watson? We're actually going to start with the San Diego Padres acquiring Juan oh, Soto. I got to yeah. get your take on it. You got a three-headed monster in Soto, Tatis, and um, Manny Machado. So what do you like here? Dude, I'm stoked. And then we picked up Josh Bell as well. Switching to first Hader. baseman. Yeah, Josh Hader also a few days before. Don't go look at his old tweets. Um, Josh Bell, though, he's going to be huge. And I am pumped for Soto, but I'm excited for Bell, too, because I think he's an upgrade over Hosmer or Voight, you know, whatever option we would have had at first base. So I'm excited, man. I think baseball is back, or at least I feel like it is. I've started to finally pay attention. Went to the game Sunday? I did go to the game Sunday. Didn't pay a ton of attention at that one, but it was a good time. (laughs) And I think there's a little bit of buzz around the air with baseball. And I'm liking seeing the Padres odds for the World Series drop from 20 to 1 to 10 to 1. So exciting stuff here in San Diego, man. Just an electric trade deadline. I wish the NBA was that action packed. I mean, Jeff Passan had a busy day. Juan Soto getting moved. Syndergaard getting moved. Uh, Tommy Pham to the Red Sox this week. They also picked up uh, somebody else. Yeah, Dude, there I so can, many, so I know, many. I couldn't even rattle track off. of it. But yeah, baseball relevant for this week. So shout out to the MLB. All right, but back on the NFL here. As excited as I am about baseball, the NFL man very busy week as well. The Miami Dolphins got absolutely smacked with penalties for their tampering. Comes out that they'd had communications with Tom Brady from. I believe 2019 up through 2021, talking about potentially being their quarterback at one point, being part of either ownership group or coaching, just crazy stuff that this all came out and was actually happening. Crazy that Tom Brady was at the top of the report and the Dolphins have now lost their 2023 first round pick and their 2024 third round pick, which seems to me almost like unprecedented punishment. I don't even think deflate gate or... Spygate was as bad as this punishment wise, was it? No, uh, Brady got four uh, four game suspension for Deflate Gate. Spygate, I, I think it was like a sixth round pick and two hundred fifty k fine. I can't even remember. I should know. Um, it was a decade ago. Yeah, but Tom but... Brady was involved in all three, and it's a big hit <laughs> yeah. for the Dolphins. And you could say Bill Belichick played the best chess move ever accidentally texted Brian Flores. That's true. uh, You know, after going to Miami. That kind of started this whole thing. He takes it out on the team a little bit. And here they are losing a first round pick next year when them and the Patriots are kind of on the same trajectory. So, yeah, tough, tough, um, tough sledding for Miami. You know, I'm buying into them a little bit. I think they can be a wild card slash playoff I agree I agree wild card team I should say Buffalo's winning the division uh so stinks for them absolutely you know who wins though Tua Tua just got job security for at least another year 
you know, maybe they go trade or bring in a free agent, but I think everyone assumed if Miami has a bad year, they're going to be picking toward the top of the draft. Two and they're first. just naturally, yeah, they're naturally going to go get a QB, which now probably not going to happen. Less ammo to trade up for one. That's for sure. All right. Any other thoughts here on Dolphins, Tom Brady, Sean Payton, anyone involved in all the scandal? Okay. On to the next scandal here. Deshaun Watson. So it comes out that he will be suspended for six games. And this suspension did not come from the NFL. This came from a judge. Is that correct? Yes. Judge Sue Robinson delivered the punishment. They looked at four games and decided the punishment or four accusations and decided the punishment would be six games. So that's where we're at. And it sounds like that's changing. Yeah. NFL is appealing, which I've never heard of that before. I've always felt like suspensions have come from the NFL. They wouldn't be the ones to appeal. But obviously, this is a very unique situation. And I'm glad that the NFL has taken the stance that they are. Because if you're going to suspend the guy, like six games, really? That's it? Like, we're talking same as deflate gate. And this is like people's lives, not just footballs that were a little flat. I don't know, man. I was expecting a whole lot more. And I think it's going to wind up being a whole lot more when it's all said and done. Yeah. If you're, if you're playing fantasy, I think you bumped up Amari Cooper, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt in your rankings a little bit. And now you have to bump them right back down, maybe even further than they were initially if Deshaun misses the whole entire year. So just a unfortunate situation all around there. Yeah, it is. And it's hard to even talk too much about the football implications. But the one question that I will ask you, if it stays at six games as it is right now, do you think the Browns are a playoff threat? A serious one? No. Interesting. Okay. I think that division, I mean, between Baltimore and Cincinnati, I don't see them crawling their way back. No. Don't count out Pittsburgh, man. Don't count out Pittsburgh. They're a question mark, but the other two I know are going to be good. Mitch Trubisky, bounce back player of the year. Call he might not out. even win the job from uh, what I'm hearing in training camp. Sounds like Mason Rudolph's holding it down right now, but we'll see. Peter, come on. Can you really say that with a straight face? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, they say it's Trubisky's job to lose, but Rudolph looks good right now. Let's talk about two other training camp notes before we jump into the receivers. My okay. Dallas Cowboy and former Oklahoma State Cowboy, James Washington, gets mm-hmm. hurt, foot injury. Uh, it's a Jones fracture. He's going to miss six to 10 weeks. Tough, tough blow for Dallas. They're already without Michael Gallup to start the year. Obviously traded Amari Cooper to, to Cleveland. So it's really CeeDee Lamb, a rookie third rounder, Jalen Tolbert out of South Alabama, and then Noah Brown. So yeah, Dalton Schultz, a tight end. Yeah, yeah. Bump him up for sure. But uh, this stinks for them. I'm concerned about the offensive line and the weapons around Dak, at least the receiving core. CD should have a monster year, but I'm legit concerned. Will Fuller is out there. Odell is out there. I would like to see them bring somebody else in. Yeah, even Odell. You would like them to sign Odell. Wow. You must be down bad, brother. Look at what they have. The second best receiver is a third round rookie from a small school. 
Hey, you're and preaching to the choir. I've been trying to say I don't like what the Cowboys have for a minute, but they're the only think, team in that division that got worse on paper this this offseason. If Gallup can come back by week five or six, I think he has a lot of value. We'll see what he looks like when he comes back, but I mean, realistically, it's him and CD. They're the only big playmakers. I know Schultz is solid. He's going to have a good year, but when you think about that solid. offense... Only guys are really scary. Yeah, I guess Pollard, but I'm thinking more it's deep four threats. Guys. Four guys you got to be worried about. And Zeke, you don't really have to be that worried about. You kind of know what to expect with him. I feel like it's it's Dak and really CD and kind of Gallup, and that's about it. I'd throw Schultz and Pollard in there. They are playmakers. But uh, let's go to the next piece here. Tim Patrick, he is someone who I thought was an emerging talent the best football ahead of him with Russell Wilson coming into town in Denver. He tears his ACL in a Wait, non- what? When did that happen? Yesterday. Dude, I've got him on my dynasty team. <laughs> How did you not hear this? I'm, okay, I'm glad we mentioned I've had it. A, I've had a busy week, man. I have had a busy week. It must have happened during the day, and I just totally missed it. Yeah, during yesterday's practice, non-contact injury out for the season. Uh, Damari Sweet. Crockett also tore his ACL, I believe, in that same practice. So really tough day for Denver. Uh, had some Ravens juju from 2021 floating around there or something. For sure. Um, stinks for him. Uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy going to have to carry the load. KJ Hamler now too, I guess. He's coming and off Noah Fant last year. Noah Fant was in the, in the trade, so he's not even there. It's, Holy cow, that's right. So it's now, Albert O. Albert O and Greg Dulcich, rookie out of UCLA. Uh, those are your tight end options. But mm, Dulcich yeah. isn't bad. But Albert O, man, that might that might be a sneaky wide receiver one option that a lot of people wouldn't think of. Or excuse me, sneaky tight end one option. <laughs> it's a it's a sleeper, but Dulcich is more of a receiver than a blocker. So whenever he is out there, I think he might be competing uh, for targets with Albert O. Just something to monitor. Yeah, I liked Alberto as a sleeper, but I'm a little bit off it now. I don't know. Interesting. All right, any other training camp notes? Any other off-season stuff you want to hit? No, bump up Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy a little bit because of that. But let's do it. We're doing the same thing as last week with wide receivers. We're going to start with our first-round targets. Jackson, who is somebody you want in the beginning of the first round? Actually, how many Cup. how many targets are Cup. there in the beginning of the first? I think there's only one. It's Cup. If we're talking beginning, like first, second, third pick, I think it has to be him. And then if I'm not taking Cup, if I decide I'm going to go with a running back, like we talked about last week for me, it's Jonathan Taylor or Nashi. I think top of the draft, those are my three guys. After Cup, I don't love anyone at two, three, or four. The guy that I like late first is Jamar Chase. I would maybe reach on him middle of the first, but Cup and then Chase are really my first round targets. Who do you have? Yeah, Cup is the second overall player on my board, so obviously I like him up there. I would also be willing to take Justin Jefferson three through six, probably. If you are a little, um, if you're worried about injuries with running backs, I think you could take Jefferson as high as three because Kevin O'Connell, who's running that offense, is going to use Jefferson the way Cooper Cup was used with the Rams. I think their pass rate is going to go up this year, and Jefferson has been 
he's been setting records since he entered the league. I think he is still an ascending player. So I like him there. And in the back of the first, I think Stefan Diggs is being slightly underrated. He had a down year last year and it was 1200 yards over a hundred catches and 10 touchdowns. I think he could actually improve on that. So, uh, yeah, I like Stephon Diggs quite a bit. I think he's safer than Devontae Adams, who changed teams, Tyreek Hill, who changed teams, some of those other options. And yeah, I do like Jamar Chase as well. Interesting. I don't know what to make of Jefferson, man. He just doesn't feel like a first-round pick to me, but when you look around at the other options, he's kind of got to be, you know? Second in the league in yards last year. He had 1,600, 167 targets. It's a lot of targets. Yeah. Finishes wide receiver. And and they're going to throw the ball more. Potentially. Yeah. In theory, they should. And I also don't know how much more Adam Thielen has in the tank. You know, he's getting to that point where I think Jefferson still has some room to ascend and Thielen's going to be starting to decline. But I don't know, man. It's tough to put up. It's tough to put up 108 catches in back to back seasons, you know, so we'll see. We'll see with Jefferson. And if he does have another good season where he puts up 100 plus catches and 1500 yards, then he's clearly solidified himself in that, you know, that top round talent where Julio Hopkins and Devontae Adams always were for so long. Yeah, I think he could hit 120 catches if things all go right this year. You, you mentioned Adam Thielen's getting older. I mentioned they're going to throw the ball more. And then I'd also throw out KJ Osborne as a late mm-hmm. round pick. You definitely want him. I think they're going to run out more th- uh, three wide receiver sets like they've done uh, with Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Van Jefferson. I think it's going to be a similar look. So he's also someone to maybe snag at the back of your draft. I like that. And it seemed like him and Cousins had pretty good rapport. He would find Osborne a lot of times in close games, you know, down the stretch, fourth quarter comebacks. He had a couple big plays. I think there was one week where he had a massive touchdown that either won Minnesota the game or brought them back into the game. So he's someone that has Cousins trust and seems to be pretty sure-handed guy that, you know, could be a good third down target a lot of times. Yeah, last year was his rookie year in the league, essentially. He, he played nine games in 2020, but didn't even have a catch. Last year, he has 50 catches, 655 yards, and he's going to be on the field more than he was a year ago. So um, let's go to the second round. Who do you like at the front, and who do you like at the back? So speaking of guys who had over 120 catches last year, Devontae Adams was one of two players. Uh, I know you said you think Jefferson could do that this year. I don't know if Adams is going to do that this year. I will be honest. I think that would be a very bold prediction. I do think he'll succeed. I do think he's going to still be a massive red zone target that scores over 10 touchdowns. And in the second round, if Adams is there, I would feel incredible about taking him. I mean, if this guy's my wide receiver too, sign me up, man. Like if I were to snag, let's say Jamar Chase in the back of the first, then Devontae Adams early second, I would be very fired up. Yeah, I that's actually who I have as mine. I told you he's most likely to move up into the first of any of the receivers that we talked about. He's already starting to. Yeah, he's he's right there, the 12th, 11th player on my board. And I think he will be there at the top of the first in some drafts. So if you can get him there, just hammer it. Yeah, top of the second. If you can get him there, hammer it 10 times out of 10. He's got the connection with Derek Carr. Uh James Jones said that's why he wanted to go play there just to go play with his old college teammate. So yeah, feel good about that. 
I also like him at the end of the first round. I figure he'll probably be there early second. So I stuck him there to uh to abide by the guidelines of this exercise a little better. Did you <laughs> listen to that James Jones interview with Ryan Russillo? Yeah, he <laughs> he said the Chiefs are gonna get last in the division. Uh-huh. I thought that was pretty outlandish, but you gotta keep in mind him picking Las Vegas over Kansas City has a lot to do with the fact that he played for the Raiders and Devontae Adams was also his former teammate. So I think there's a little bit of bias in there. Yeah, take it all with a grain of salt. Who do you got who do you got at the back of the second? I think at the back of the second, there's a lot more options than there is at the back of the first or at the beginning of the second. I like C D. That's crazy. I, I hate the Cowboys. I've never been big on taking Cowboys and really don't trust Dak a ton. But like we were saying, who else is going to get the ball here? And that's been a pass-happy offense over the last few seasons. I know Jerry Jones wants to make sure Zeke's involved and the offense goes through him still or whatever the hell he said the other day. But they're going to throw the ball a lot. It's going to happen. If Kellen Moore's calling the plays, they're going to pass a bunch. He's a former quarterback. He seems to be a pass-happy coordinator. So I expect CD to have a damn good year. I expect him to improve on the numbers he put up last year. And Hopefully he can play 16 or 17 games, and I expect him to be a top 10, maybe even top five receiver. Yep, I think he's got a chance to fall to the back of the second, and I would feel great with that pick. But I'm coming down with Mike Evans um, and or Tyreek Hill. If you can get either one of these guys in the second half of the second round, do it, do it, do it. Mike Evans, 27 touchdowns over the last two years. His only real target competition to start the year is going to be Russell Gage. And 151 targets are freed up between Gronk and Antonio Brown. I think Mike Evans could have maybe his best year ever with Tom Brady this season. I'm glad you've come around to my boy, Mike. I know we've kind of gone back and forth on him, but he's like the perfect second round pick if he's there at, you know, like 18 to 24. He's my second guy that I have listed here. Yeah, and Godwin will come back eventually, but he's coming off an ACL. I think he'll be productive, but not the same player that we're accustomed to. So everything going on in Tampa says Mike Evans is in for a monster year. And then with Tyreek Hill, yeah, I get you could be a little bit worried about Tua. Can he support Tyreek and Waddle? I think he's going to. Waddle had 140 targets come his way last year for over 100 catches. And then Mike Kosicki was his second leading target with 112 targets. I think it's going to be Tyreek and Waddle, both over 100 targets, both near 100 plus catches. And Mike McDaniel is going to install that 49ers offense exactly. that's designed to get guys yards after the catch. Waddle didn't excel there last year, but if he's used in the same way that Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo Samuel are, I think Tyreek's going to go crazy. And I think Waddle could too. I think you could take him at the top of the third into the second as well. I'm high on both of these guys. I feel just as good about Waddle as I do Tyreek. Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year with Waddle. We know what that connection looks like, and you didn't even have Mike McDaniel calling the plays, so you know the offense is going to get more advanced, get more creative, get more pre-snap motion going on. And Waddle still was able to, every once in a while, have an end-around or a little bubble screen or something where he picks up 8, 10, 12 yards. So he does have some of that in his game, and he's obviously speedy, you know, and he's going to be playing across from Tyreek. So I expect one of those guys to get loose on a lot of plays can't double cover them both all the time 
Yeah, I think it's a coin flip to whoever gets more targets. And I think there's enough volume for both of them to smash this year. So, and if they if they suck, then definitely, you know, they're going to have to throw the ball a decent amount in the second half. Yeah, no doubt. All right. I have one more guy here. Okay. Yeah, one more guy late second round. He's getting slept on this year. I think everyone's kind of just expecting him to fall off, and they have been for the last couple seasons. I'm still buying Keenan Allen. I, I knew that's what you were going to say. Mike Williams. That He's the in. best receiver in that offense with a quarterback who I think might win MVP this year. Yeah, Keenan's a safe pick. It's just not as sexy as it once was. And he's getting old, man. Like He is getting older. He's going to be 30 this season. I think you can bump him down a tad bit. I mean, he's he's, he's always finishing as like wide receiver 12 around there. He was wide receiver 11 last year. Like that's that's pretty damn solid. You know, he only missed one game and he's right there within all those other dudes. Like he's close to Renfro, Mike Evans, Deontay, like they're all grouped up. They're pretty close. Yeah, he's going wide receiver 10 right now. 28th overall. So. He's more of a third round guy to me, but if you wanted to take him there, I'd be okay with it. You know you're going to get production. Okay. Did you have him as one of your dead zone guys that we're about to get to? Yes. He is. So, I mean, he's a tier three guy for me. Keenan and okay. Mike are in that same area for me. Mike Evans? Mike Williams. Or Mike Williams. Okay. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. I was going to be really confused. I just don't trust Mike Williams availability. That's my only thing. The dude's one of the most talented receivers in the league. It just seems like he's only on the field about half the time. Yeah. Well, all right, let's go to, let's go to tier three. Who you got for him? I mean, round three, give me one guy you think is a smash in round three. So for round three, this is our, our dead zone here. This is crazy early. We talked about him some already. Alan Robinson. Give him to me early, man. Give him to me round three. I know that is a super early trigger pull there, but if this guy is just Robert Woods when he was with the Rams, worst case scenario, still going to have a lot of value. Best case scenario, he's a top 10 receiver because there's not a ton of other options outside of Cooper Cup, and I'll be damned if teams are just going to let Cooper Cup torch him the same way they did last year, which has to mean Allen Robinson eats some games. Yeah, I, I love Allen Robinson as well. I think he's Robert Woods plus back into the third, beginning of the fourth. I'm taking him every single time. If I can get Allen Robinson fourth round, yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, my third round guy I already mentioned was Jalen Waddle. I, I guess you could throw Allen in the back f- for me as well. Um yeah, I mean, I gave you my round three guy. So Allen Robinson was going to be my round four, actually. So we're on the same page here completely. I think 1,200 plus yards, 80 to 90 catches is in store. And I think he's going to get a lot of red zone targets. He's a big body. I think he'll have 10 touchdowns. Yeah. All right. Let's jump in. guys. I was going to say, I have one other guy that I kind of like third, fourth round. He's somewhere between there. We talked about it a little bit already, but DK Metcalf, I think he's someone that if he's your second or third wide receiver, you're going to be in a really good position. I wouldn't look to take him as your wide receiver one just in case things go very poorly in Seattle and they're only picking up like 160 passing yards a game. 
but the amount of upside that this guy has. And when you look and see how many touchdowns he scored last season with Geno Smith and whoever else it was throwing him the ball at one point, I guess it was really just Geno when it wasn't Russell Wilson, but still the offense was terrible and the guy managed to score over 10 touchdowns pretty easily. Yeah. Uh, You know how I feel about DK this year. He finished as a top 20 guy last season, but I'm staying away from him altogether. I think that Seattle offense is just a 10 foot pole offense all together for me this season. But DK, obviously a big talent, just got paid. So I just like the value, man. 12 yeah. tutties last year. He's a beast. I know if he can just get the ball in his hands, even if it's on end arounds and Debo type stuff, he'll produce. Yep. All right. I'm going to give you two guys that I like around 60 to 75 overall. That is Amon Ross St. Brown of the Detroit Lions. Interesting. Had a, had a really nice rookie year that I still think flies under the radar. 90 catches, 912 yards, five touchdowns as a rook. I know they drafted Jamison Williams. He's not expected to start the year with them, though. Uh, I think Amon Ra is going to be the clear number one, and he's going to ball for a team that's playing from behind at times, should be better this season. And Jared Goff's been to a Super Bowl. He supported Cooper Cup and Robert Woods when they were both top 15 fantasy options. I think Amon Ra. All right. All right. Did he not? You're not wrong. You also had a wizard call in place for him, pretty much playing Madden with him. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Uh, But point being, he's going as wide receiver 25, and I think he's a sure thing to finish as as a top 20 guy. And then I think we'll have value. I definitely think we'll have value. But do you worry about DJ Chark and then with James Williams, just all the things that have changed there? I don't worry about DJ Chark at all. Um, I do worry that when Jameson comes back, he might eat into some of those targets. But again, he's a rookie coming off an ACL injury that came late in the college season. I'm not expecting too much. I think it's Amonra and Swift who are really the explosive guys for this Detroit offense. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong entirely. I think Williams could have some upside when he comes back, but that's that's such a wild card. I mean, it could be like week four or five. It could be week 11 or 11 or 12. No one knows what he's going to look like when he finally does come back. Yeah. And then the other one, Hunter Renfro is going as wide receiver 31, 78th overall. I think that's stupid. Guys, He he finished wide receiver 11 last year. He needs to be going as a top 20 guy as well. Yes, Devontae Adams is coming in. Top Uh, 20 receiver, right? Yes, top 20 receiver. Let's be clear. I just don't see a world where Hunter Renfro falls off in his wide receiver 30. He got 16, uh, a two for $32 million deal too. He was not the only Raiders receiver that got paid. They value this guy. He's electric. He's always open. The ultimate security blanket for Derek Carr. And what did Welker and Edelman do with Josh McDaniels that Hunter Renfro can't? Come on now. That's a good point. My only pushback's going to be nine touchdowns. I don't know if that's going to happen again. And 128 targets, I don't expect that many. I think that might be more like 100 or 110, best case scenario. (laughs) I don't know. I think it could get close again. I'll tell you what, I'm pretty sure I got him in Dynasty. So if you want to talk later, we can. Okay. 
You just got paid, man. Follow the money. Follow the money. It tells you more than you realize. Okay. A couple guys that I have in that same range, even like them a little bit earlier, Juju. I think I'd take him as early as fourth round. He's slotted way down. I know ESPN has him pretty low. Fantasy Pros has him low as well. I'm seeing him right now all the way down at wide receiver 37, 87 overall. We're talking about potentially the number one receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm taking this guy in the fourth or fifth round. I don't care. I'm going to do it. I'm not going to be looking at him thinking, ah, oh, maybe I wait till the seventh and snag him. And then somebody else scoops him up sixth round and he wins up, ends up being a top 10 wide receiver. And I feel like an idiot. I'm not taking that chance. I will, I will take a swing very early on Juju. I'll deal with it if it doesn't work out. Yeah. Juju, Renfro, Amon Ra, they're kind of all in that, that round for me. I, I, I think it's a little bit riskier because it is a new change of scenery and because Juju just hasn't been good the last few years. It looks a little bit slower. But He also had a statue throwing him the ball. Yeah, I, I know, I know. But there, there's just a little bit of risk, but yeah, I'm with you. The Chiefs are undervalued. He's probably going to lead them in targets at the receiver position. Right. So why not take a chance on it? Completely agree. Other guy having that same ballpark is Chris Godwin. We talked about him some. He's coming off a major injury. He's not on the PUP list, though, so it sounds like at some point, if it's not week one, it's probably going to be week two, three, or four. If we get even 70% of the Chris Godwin we've had the last couple seasons, he's worth taking in the fifth round. I mean, he's wide receiver 21, 54 overall. It's worth a shot to me. I think he's at the very least going to be a consistent 10 points a week guy. You know he's going to catch four or five balls over the middle. That seems like an automatic. And then any touchdowns, any big plays you get is just bonus. Hopefully he still has that same speed. Hopefully he's still able to run routes at the same level. But even if he's not quite there, he's got Tom Brady throwing him the ball. And he's got Mike Evans and Julio Jones in the offense with him that should take a little bit of tension away from him. Yeah, and him and Brady have a great connection already. So... Whenever he's out there, he's going to get the ball coming his way. I'm a little bit lower on him, though. I think I'd probably want him six round, but like, yeah, I mean, you, you can't go wrong with it. It's just who did you get early on? Are you comfortable waiting on him potentially? Yeah, you don't want him to be your wide receiver one, and you probably don't want to like stack him with Mike Evans or anything like that. But yeah. having him as your flex going into week one isn't a terrible option. Or throw him on the bench, see what he looks like if he even plays week one, and then go. Oh, from I'm not. There. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, he's... Probably, probably wouldn't start him week one if he's playing. <laughs> yeah. But like for the season, if he's your flex option, you know, once you get into weeks four, five, six, seven, and on and on, yeah. damn good flex guy to have. For sure. All right, let's go. Picks 80 to 100. Is there anyone you're just honing in on, as Woj would say, you don't want to leave your draft without getting? 80 to 100. There's not anyone I'm in love with. There's a few guys kind of in that range, like that 60 to 85 that I would like to have. One of them, you're going to make fun of me. I always ride with this guy. I'm going to continue to for another season. Is it Darnell DeAndre Mooney? Hopkins. Ah. DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> I don't yeah, care if the I'm guy misses it. six games. I don't care if he misses six games. If you get anything close to the DeAndre Hopkins that we usually see for the back half of the season and for your playoffs, that's all that matters. Just make the playoffs, and if you have Hopkins as your flex, you should be in a good spot. Other guys here, Judy, 
We touched on him. I think you got to move him up your board. Right now, his ADP is 64. I think that's a pretty good spot. I like Judy, seventh, eighth round in there. Great option. Probably going to be the number one team or number one receiver on a decent team with a good QB throwing him the ball. And then the last guy that I had for these kind of middle rounds, Mike Thomas, his ADP 79. Another guy kind of like Godwin where coming back from a big injury, do I want to bet on him too much? But if I get the guy in the ninth round, sure, I'll take a flyer on him and throw him on my bench and see what happens. I think every player you like is old. I mean, it's that's why they're going rounds eight to ten. But if you get even 60, 70 percent of these years, Cooper Cup, Devontae, Mike Evans, Cooper Cup is older than Allen Robinson. Okay, what? 26, 29, 29. Can we can we fact check that? Because I feel like he's not older than 28. No way. DeAndre Hopkins is going to be 30. Well, yeah, Hopkins is getting up there. That one's true. Okay, I, I only like he just turned 29. All right, just turned 29. Yeah, I'm, I'm You're just, right. Just pointing out, just an observation. Um, I only like Hopkins if you murdered every pick until that point. You're you're waiting what eight games for him to get back? Six. Either way, yeah, you need to have killed every other pick if you're gonna yeah, wait that long. It's a bench guy. It's not someone that you're banking on being your wide receiver one or two like he's been in the past, but theoretically the guy should be incredibly fresh when he does come back. He should be pretty strong given the fact that he got suspended for roids. So I would <laughs> think that the guy's gonna come in in damn good shape and knock on wood, hopefully he stays healthy for those last 10, 11 games he plays and he should be really good peaking at the right time going into your fantasy playoffs. Yeah, okay. I'm going to give you someone I like just inside the top 100 if you can get him there. That's Kadarius Tony of the New York Ooh, Giants. Why, though? He is a massive, massive sleeper this year. And if you look at the board, the guys going ahead of him, it's Tyler Lockett, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman. I like Moore and Bateman. but Me too. Um, after them, it thins out quite a bit at receiver. I think Tony is the next guy. There's this big drop off. If you look at the board, it's like Kirk and Tony are the only two guys I'd want to touch. And that's crazy because between them, I have four guys that I like. (laughs) These are my late round guys. Okay. Well, we'll talk about some of them, but Brian Dayball is coming from the bills to the giants. And if he installs that offense, who is going to be in that Stephon Diggs role? It's Kadarius Tony. Galladay will be in the Gabe Davis role. And then you have Wandale Robinson in that slot, Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie type role. That's how it's going to lay out. Uh, Tony's talent is off the charts. Yeah, but he doesn't have Josh Allen throwing him the ball. I don't care, man. It's about volume, opportunity, and coaching. Think about the coaching upgrade. We're talking about Jason Garrett, who was running outdated stuff with Dallas, got a second job with the Giants. Sure. Versus the guy calling plays for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they threw the You're ball. You're not wrong. They're, you know how often they threw the ball more than anyone in the league? They didn't like to run the ball. That's the same well, offensive coordinator here in New York now. 
They also didn't have a running back or hardly any of the personnel for the run game. And I'm not going to bet on Daniel Jones. Now, granted, taking Tony in like the 10th round, not a ton of risk, but hey, I don't love the Giants, point. man. I mean, I would much rather take a guy like Traylon Burks or Robert Woods in Tennessee. Oh, no, 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 no. Where there's at least a little bit more of a proven quarterback and seems like there's more opportunity to go around given that your top two receivers from last year are now gone. So I kind of like them. I kind of like Claypool and Kirk as well. And then I like no. London. I like all those guys stacked up there. I think there's an argument for Kirk as he just got number one at and he's a number one receiver. But I think Tony is the number one for the Giants. Galladay got paid because of Matt Stafford. He hasn't done anything without him. I really well, think this quarterback's Daniel Jones, man. That's <laughs> trust me. Coaching upgrade. This offense is going to look better. Th- this is a crazy take. I actually think the Giants could make the playoffs. I would not be stunned. And we'll be back next week. We're calling it an episode. No, dude, I'm serious. I think the Eagles and Giants got a lot better. And I'm really concerned about Dallas. I think that's valid. That that division will be close, but I just don't believe in Daniel Jones, man. Until I see the guy making winning plays, I don't buy it. I don't care who his coach is. You could get Vince Lombardi to come back from the grave and coach this guy. And I don't see him being any good. Yeah, it was a tough year for Tony, but the talent is unbelievable. I think they're going to air it out quite a bit, and he's in for a monster year. We're talking. Talent is there. Tony's talent's there. He's also a loose cannon in the locker room, and at one point, I believe, has demanded a trade already. But we're talking. Everything I've read, his attitude is great. He's been looking good in camp. Things are things look different this year. And Dayball has Dayball has been speaking really highly of him. So if we're talking about a pick between 90 and 100, who has smash upside, can finish as back in wide receiver one if everything were to go right. Yeah, I'm taking him. Okay, one other guy in the 90 to 100 range here. And when we're talking 90 to 100, we're talking overall here. We're not talking wide receivers. This is like the 40 to 50 wide receiver range, roughly. Yeah. How do you feel about Alan Lazard? He's a guy that's kind of in that range and seems to be the number one in Green Bay by default at this point. Yeah, it's I think it's not he's, like he's catching balls from Daniel Jones, he's catching balls from Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going way too low. I'm with this 100%. Like, no Green Bay receivers are going in the top 100, and Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback still. There's some sort of disconnect there. Alan Lazard should definitely be in there, especially with the way Aaron is talking about him. He's spoken publicly saying he thinks he can step into the wide receiver one role. I'm hearing Christian Watson is not really going to be a massive impact guy this year. You know, time will tell there. And Romeo Dubes, who was a late round pick, he's actually been more impressive than Watson. So, yeah, Lazard is the guy you want here. He's the one. And there's going to be a lot of targets coming his way. Yeah. And I also just wouldn't bank on either of those rookies wind up getting, you know, a significant amount of targets. I don't see either of them getting 80 plus targets quarterback. Like you got to earn it. Absolutely. He's a little bit Tom Thibodeau ish. He doesn't like the young guys sometimes. Yeah. Like they're going to be a 
12, 11 plus win team for sure. They're going to have what? You don't think so? For sure. I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of Green Bay this year. I really don't. I think they win at least 11. Come on now. Don't tell Lucas. I might be doing a 180 on a, that division. I think I might pick the Vikings to win it this year. Yeah, I'm with you. I think they have a chance. But uh, if Green Bay is a playoff team again, which would <laughs> shock me if they, they were. Be. I think their defense yeah, they, they is going to be, be really good. Like, Yeah, Lazard will finish as a top 100 player. Okay, are there any other late round guys that you want to talk about? Yeah, let's see here. I will throw out Sky Moore and McCole Hardman. I think it's a little bit of a toss-up between these two. But like I said, it thins out quite a bit once you hit 100. Um, outside of like Russell Gage and Lazard, Tony. If if you can get Sky Moore or McCole, I think both of them are worth a flyer. Because I just don't know wh- where else the ball is going to go outside of Juju and Kelsey. I completely agree. I think Sky Moore, you got to take a flyer on. James Jones, he was pro- talking pretty highly of him, said he's liked what he's seen so far. I don't know how much he has seen or how close he is with Sky Moore. But like you're saying, I mean, someone aside from Juju, Kelsey, and Valdez Scantling is going to get some targets here. And with Sky Moore, I feel like the potential is a hell of a lot higher, you know, much higher ceiling than with McCall Hardman. Like we, we've kind of seen what Hardman is and. He could end up having maybe a little bit of value at some point this season, but with Sky Moore, you might be dropping him by the fourth week or he could be in your starting lineup. Yeah, for sure. And you just want that risk knowing Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. Yeah, and then Sky Moore is actually a guy that I had on my list of absolute flyers. Are there any dudes way down the board that you're like, hey, my very last pick, (laughs) if this guy's sitting there, I might just take a swing? Yeah, uh, George Pickens, I'm I'm keeping an eye on him. Paris Campbell of the Indianapolis Colts. I I think there's something there, man. I I won't quit on him. He's just been hurt. He's finally going to be out there with a solid quarterback. Um and then the last one would be uh Nico Collins of the Houston Texans. If we're talking deep deep sleepers, Davis Mills was pretty solid last year. 4 300 plus yard passing games they clearly believe in him um you know he has no competition to be the starter there i think he's going to support brandon cooks he's a viable fantasy option yet again and nico collins has an opportunity to also be fantasy relevant yeah someone's got to catch the ball someone's got to catch the ball a few other guys i'm going to throw out at you let me know if you like any of these michael gallup i put on here just because you know, kind of the same logic I have with Hopkins. If you get this guy for the back half of the season and he winds up looking good and being a big part of this offense, it's a huge win. It's worth sticking him on the IR for those first few weeks because if you take Michael Gallup with your last pick, you can immediately just go throw him on the IR and go pick somebody else up. So it's a free stash on the IR. And then He's going 132 free- right now. Yeah, <laughs> there's, right. there's like, not a lot of value on the board at that point. No, and then Christian Watson... Sounds like he's not having a very good camp, but on the off chance that he somehow does win Rodgers over and maybe has a big week where he shows out and proves himself to be valuable, I don't know, maybe worth rostering for the first five or six weeks of the season just to see what happens. Then Devontae Parker in New England, I don't know, maybe it finally works out there. The guy's always had a lot of talent, just 
never really seemed to be too bought in or like he wanted to be out there in Miami, which can't say I blame him for certain points of that. You know, it sounds like it hadn't been all sunshine and rainbows there, clearly with what we talked about at the top of the podcast. But he seems like the number one in New England, like him and Kendrick Bourne got to be the guys, right? Well, what about Jacoby Myers? Because he yeah. had a pretty solid year. He finished. Uh, I guess he, he finally scored a touchdown, huh? He finished wide receiver 29. That's yeah. not bad. 866 receiving yards. That's pretty solid. And Mac Jones should be better. They say he looks uh, more athletic, chiseled this year. Uh, I don't see why he couldn't be better. I think him and so Jacoby or Parker. Yeah, we're, we're talking back of the draft. I don't have a problem taking either one. Yeah, it looks like Jacoby Myers ADP is 148 and Devontae Parker's 145. Yeah right there by each other and then the last guys that i have here rondo moore should yeah i won't quit him possibly yeah he's got a lot of talent and aside from hollywood brown and zach Ertz, i don't know who they're throwing throwing the ball to those first six weeks i don't know he's gotta gotta have some part in the offense surely yeah no i'm with you on that one i think you want a piece of him (laughs) if you're taking the 13th 12th round pick yeah, 100%. Um, I left something out on Tony, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> so they were playing his music at practice. That's obviously a good sign. And they've also <laughs> shown a package on offense that has Saquon, Tony, and Wandale Robinson in the backfield. I think they're going to do That's some really fun things this year. I hope, man. They've been painful to watch. Then <laughs> yeah. this is going to be a good note to end the pod on because it's going to piss you off. I'm good. still taking a flyer on Julio. I think Julio is going to be a big red zone target for the Bucks. I still think he's going to catch a good amount of touchdowns. Yeah, just not touching him whatsoever. You can I'll have take him. him with my last pick or two. You can I'll have take your my shot. 32 plus year old receiving core. All right, he's the only guy over 32 I named, so let's pipe down. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, any other flyers you want to mention? No, man, once you get past about that 150, 160 mark, it's, it's rough. It's yeah. rough. I think we got deep enough in our bag with Nico Collins and some of the others we mentioned. Rondell Moore, so... Without further ado, let's get out of here, Jackson. If you guys love the show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Leave a review. Tell your friends, and we'll be back next week. Peace.